uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Farmer, you're not ready for August. Um, bring it. I've withstood, you're not ready. This, I've withstood whatever hurricane you've thrown at me so far. <laughs> I'm strong now. Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. All right, so welcome to our supplementary um, episode. I guess it's now a regular thing, uh, th- thanks to the Snyder Cut. Look, look, look at what look Zach Snyder did for us. Look, <laughs> look at what they did to my boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, and uh, Mr. Hunter decided to join along with us on this episode as well, because we're talking about two things that you wouldn't think should go together, but let's face it, they do. The words Nicolas Cage and jujitsu. They don't go together. That's the point of the movie. That's why I'm making you watch it, because they don't, but it's great. And I, I, love I think the- Nick Cage goes with anything, to he be does. honest. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that this movie is described as a American science fiction martial arts action film. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's filmed almost exclusively somewhere. I'm going to say Bhutan, Thailand, somewhere like that. It's nowhere in America. The, the, the majority of the cast is not an, it's not an American cast. That's hilarious. That's a hilarious take. Um, yeah, that's a hilarious take. So, uh, where 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 do you think uh, I'll I'll just open this up. Where do you think uh, the 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 ancient martial art jujitsu came from? Nicholas Cage. No, yes. that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, didn't Tony Jaw like travel back in time and invented an Ongbok too? Uh, is that what this is about? <laughs> Did you know. just describe the movie to me? Because I think you might have. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I bet you didn't know that it came from an ancient uh, alien species, uh, like a warlike species um, that ta- that came to Earth, taught jujitsu, then left Earth and comes back every six years to uh, to see if anybody can beat the, the alien in jujitsu. And if they can, they get to live. And if if not, the alien destroys the entirety of the Earth. Wait, wait, is 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 this a movie or is this Scientology? Yeah, I was going to say this sounds like it sounds like a mix of Scientology and Vulcans from Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> Scientology bon far. There you go. There is there is a third act. Uh, there No butts will be in seats in the third act when the alien lifts all the whales out of the ocean and then and then proceeds to cu- punch and kick them and choke them out. Like it's in, fantastic. In, instead of the Vulcans, the Romulans came to Earth first. Right. They taught us yes. war. <laughs> Just like our, our other movie, um, this movie it, it does not have a sleeper cast. Um, somehow managed to rope in some pretty big names in the um, in, in this direct-to-video business, at least, mm-hmm. for this thing. And God bless them, because... Um, well, we got, got Brock Rumlow from the Captain America movies. Listen, in they got Frank Grillo. They yes. got they got the only man I ever want to see is the Punisher on film in this, in this Frank Grillo. And he is, of course, surly and fantastic. Um, they got Tony Jaw. Speaking of, yeah, you know, who spends the majority of his movie fighting people with like uh, Home Depot PVC pipe? It's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it's great. But the the premise of the movie, and I'm going to tell you because it, it took till the third act before I even began to understand what, what I was seeing, mm-hmm. um, is aliens have come to Earth. They have taught this one particular like temple jujitsu. They proceed now the, the entire time the temple is training champions to fight the alien. When they come back, if the alien wins and defeats their champions, he, the aliens will destroy the earth. If the champions win, the alien goes away and another one comes back in six years and, and it rinse and repeat. Um, that is the, that is the basic premise of the movie. Um, it is an, it, what what else happens is insane. The the I'm not going to tell you the rest. The plot is the least interesting thing about this film. I will tell you that. Well, I'm uh, already pretty engrossed in the plot, so <laughs> as well you should be. As and I will tell you this for a movie that, that I don't know if this would have gotten anything in the theater if not for COVID. I don't know if it got a, a limited release or a short release, but. Um, 
it does have Rick Yoon in it. It has Ricky Yoon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it also has a very good comedic turn for uh, for Eddie Steeples, whom, if you don't know Eddie, he was in uh, My Name is Earl. Okay. He's, he's been in a lot of work. He is genuinely a joy to watch in this film. The worst thing about this movie is the person that was cast as the lead actor. Why they didn't get Scott Atkins is beyond me. Um, why they didn't get Steven Seagal is beyond me. But why they didn't get Scott Atkins is beyond me. Um, the God, other can really you interesting can you imagine thing, Steven Seagal and Nicolas Cage in the same movie together? Oh, my oh God. Man. <laughs> the, other, the other really interesting thing to me about this movie is – and, a, and Hunter, we've had Hunter and I have had lots of conversations, and he has actually explained to me the kind of the reasoning why this is. But a lot of the direct-to-video movies, you'll see the big actors in it. You'll see your Steven Seagal's or um, like even your Ray Liotta's. Um, uh, uh, Roy, you pointed this out uh, with uh, uh, Aquarium of the Dead. With was it Vanessa Williams? Uh, no, it was, uh, oh God, what's her face? Um, Vivica A. Fox. Yeah. Where it's, her, all of her scenes are in one room and then that's it. Yeah. Find a death. Yeah. Yeah. The Steven Seagal where he's a sniper on the, on, on the top of a building that shows up for about 15 minutes of the film. And then that's all you get is Steven Seagal, like some at the beginning and then some at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we all know why that happens. I didn't until it was explained to me, but. Um, in this, the entire second and third act of this film, Nick Cage stars in it. He is in it, baby. He, he is in scenes. He is acting. He is walking around. He is jujitsuing, which shouldn't be possible at his age and with the amount of cocaine he's had. But there he is. God, he's an American treasure. We should yes. all we should all appreciate just, him. I'm still I still think it was an injustice that he never got to play Superman. Oh, for sure. Oh, can you, Matt? Oh, I, it would have been interesting to see him play that role, especially after seeing the documentary. I was like, yeah. like okay, I want to see this movie. <laughs> he's, having, he's having a great third act to his career right now. He really is. I mean, because for a while, because of all his financial issues, he was just literally taking anything he could get his hands on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, now we've got this. We've got uh, The Color Out of Space. Yeah. Mandy. Mandy. I mean, he's now taking roles that are kind of like similar to the stuff that he was doing before he won his Oscar, you know, uh, like vampires kiss and stuff like that. He's going back to the, the Nicholas cage that we saw in wild at heart. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. That's right. I love the fact that, and I'm looking at it now, he was paid $25 million for his role in this film. Jesus. Really? He, wow. The film shot for six weeks. He only acted for three days of those six weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's usually the that's the case with these direct-to-video movies. You're a big actor. You get him for a few days, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't – unlike the, the Seagal movies or the Liotta movies or the – and I'm trying to think of some of the other – uh, even now, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is a direct-to-video guy now too, which is depressing. I, th- I think, I think part of it is uh, Bruce's mental health is rumored to be in s- steep decline. Uh, so, yeah, I is think that really? might be. Part- that, I think so. Like, if you watch his newer movies, he's sitting down a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, I've heard rumors that maybe dealing with early, early signs of dementia, stuff like that. Uh, but that's just rumor. I don't know for a fact. I but- hope it's not true. I hope it's not true. Well, yeah, he was that, supposed to what, be the lead in this film, and and it, it, Nick Cage ended up taking it. So um, maybe you're right. So maybe you're right. Could I be mean, with this with this and Willie's uh, Willie's Wonderland this year. I mean, which is becoming. I mean, I myself particularly didn't care for Willie's Wonderland, but that became a huge surprise hit this year because um, it's. Let's face it, it's Nicolas Cage. I mean, all you have to say is Nicolas Cage beating up serial killing animatronics and the film sells itself. There we go. I but um, I, with me, I was sold with Nicolas Cage does jujitsu. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Sell myself with this one. When you just when you said Nicolas Cage and jujitsu, say no more, fam. He, I'm there. He and, and I will say this like so, you know, it, the second act, I 
I watched a couple of Nick Cage movie or a couple. I'm I'm a liar. I watched all the Nick Cage movies. Um, <laughs> and you know there there were a bunch of heist movies and a bunch of you know like Bad Lieutenant uh, to you know Nick Cage really off the chain Cage. Um, but I will say these most recent movies, including this one, he is acting his ass off. Like he is he is. He is really trying to return to form, and I appreciate it very much. And he is a joy to watch in this. You know, he, he actually has a range of emotions. He doesn't go completely off the rails. Um, you know, it's 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 a fun movie to watch, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. the The fight scenes are insane. It's basically Mortal Kombat <laughs> with Nick Cage in it, um, and an alien. It, there, it's. <laughs> And uh, Noob Saibot Noob, Noob is the alien, and Nick Cage is Liu Kang. Um, and, um, no, what's the older Liu Kang? Um, oh, uh, Kao Lung? He's Kao Lung, and then the new guy is Liu Kang. Or Kung Lao. Kung, Kung Lao, Lao, sorry. Kung Lao, and um, somebody Scorpion. I think it's probably Tony Shaw. Um, and uh, and there's somebody there for comic relief. It's It's... So it's, it's Enter the Dragon, basically. <laughs> in the jungle, it's Enter the Dragon in the jungle with Noob Saibot and um, uh, John Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport. That's what it is. Nice. I so, got so didn't this. So this direct. Oh, go. Uh, I was just gonna say this director did. A, he did one of the Kickboxer movies with Van Damme. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, one of the newer ones. When Van Damme was returning to the well. <laughs> Van Damme's another one of those direct-to-movie guys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. I, I was they, about ready to say, how on par is this with Ong Bak? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Get that thought out of your head right now, sir. <laughs> well, let's, let me bring up another Tony Jaw movie. Is it on par with Monster Hunter? Yes. I would put it on par with Monster Hunter. Okay, okay, because I, yeah. I enjoyed Monster Hunter. I did too. <laughs> I, did too. If... I, I, it was the movie that could have ended four times and didn't, yeah. but I'm at the end. I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because Monster Hunter, those games do not have a plot. <laughs> so I was like, why? What? It's just hunt and kill monsters. And so I was going, how are they going to make a movie out of this? So the director of this film produced. Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. <laughs> oh gosh, that was the other thing that sold me on this. Is one of the most, one of the most what the fuck Stephen <laughs> King movies ever made. That's saying a lot. That I'll tell you, that movie stuck with me. Yeah, Sleepwalkers and Dreamcatcher was like Stephen King getting goofy on opioid painkiller oh, moments. The Let's, scene with the the scene with the corkscrew for the wine in Sleepwalkers and the pencils. <laughs> That has stuck with me my entire life. That's like poltergeist in the chicken. Like, well, let's not forget Stephen King's greatest achievement, which was directing Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> we, we discussed that on this show, We've actually. Oh man, oh, yeah, is, we had this we had this series of films that we watched that we called Inspired by Cocaine, and that was one of them. <laughs> oh, I'll bet you. I'll, I would bet money Stephen King does not remember making that movie. Um. Hearing if you ever and she talks about it quite often now, but hearing Yeardley Smith reluctantly talk about her time on Maximum Overdrive is one of the great joys of life. <laughs> you know who played the uh, you know, who plays the guy in the arcade there who blows up? There's yeah. like a brief scene. Yeah, that's Giancarlo Esposito, who played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. No, oh it's not. God. Yeah, it is. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. God. That's him. That that's Emmy nominated Juan Carlos Esposito. <laughs> yeah. That's who got uh, nominated Darth, just uh, Darth for what's Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! All right, do we want to go watch this thing? Yeah, let's I watch think I've it. I've undersold it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am ready for this thing. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so let's few, go. There are a few uh, beats that I really want uh, input on once we all watch it. So I'm excited to watch this one again. Sweet. All right, guys. We'll be right back after we uh, go diving head deep into Nicolas Cage world. We'll be back in six years and we have to fight for the title of Cult Cinema Catacombs again. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I don't understand? How the hell are you still alive? (laughs) 
Must have been a pretty bad fall. The comet you see in the sky right now passes over the Earth every six years and causes a portal. But when it's open, we get a visitor from a distant galaxy. The poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. The spaceman. And he comes here looking for a fight with you. The chosen jujitsu. If he doesn't get it, he stays and he kills everything. That is alien politics 5 through 15. Now you are all the chosen jujitsu fighters. But as long as you die bravely, no one else will have to. He's crazy, like me. There's no honor in killing crazy. I can fly too. All right, gang, and we're back from witnessing uh, jujitsu. Um, <laughs> this this movie, I guess, the best way I could describe this movie is choices. The movie, because there were so many that were made in this film, and this film didn't know which one of the choices it was making to go with, so it said, "Just throw them all in there." So. <laughs> Hunter is back with us. Neither of you had seen this going into this. I hadn't no. even heard um, of this going in. <laughs> <laughs> I things of this. I, I mean, when, when, when Farmer brought it up to me, I was like, okay, I've heard about this thing. And the fact that it's like Willie's Wonderland, it's actually created already such a cult following that there's merchandise out there for jujitsu. <laughs> That I was like, I'm going to finally take a look and see this thing. And dear God. <laughs> so, Hunter, I want to go to you as the guest first. How, do, how, how, how does this movie make you feel as a person? <laughs> Confused? Confused? Uh, okay. okay. I was, um, yeah, I, I was wondering where it was going <laughs> when it started, but... I got to tell you, one thing I found hugely distracting when watching it was I'm, I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess just my my trained eye is going to tell me that whenever that they wanted blood for this movie, I think the editors went to YouTube and pulled <laughs> blood green screen effects and really bothered to color correct them and just like tossed them into Final Cut or something because, boy, I was like, why use blood at all? If if that's what you're gonna do, <laughs> why spend the why spend the time and effort to put blood into this if this is how you're going to portray it? Only it, only, it was it was TurboGrafx 16 style blood is what yeah. it was. Yeah, it was like oh you know let's get these effects from Mortal Kombat, make a Genesis version. <laughs> 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 I mean, are... I just it took me out of it, and I would every time it happened, and I would go. Wait, you were in it. No. <laughs> okay, okay, but so that first scene with Tony Jaw where it's that long take where he's whipping everyone's butt. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was kind of going, okay, this is kind of fun, you know, Tony Jaw's running around kicking butt, but then like there's YouTube blood effects and I went, oh. <laughs> well, let's let's spend a little bit of time on that scene. Um, let's oh let's dissect that a little bit because here's the thing about that scene that I find wildly weird and entertaining is it goes from oh a, yes a third person oh my to a god first person oh that was so annoying and then it but the but the 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 the, the, the wild part so the wildest part about this right so imagine the movie is in third person then it switches to and i don't know how to pronounce this guy's name do you has anybody got it the main character, who I think is probably a stunt guy, that yeah, he is uh, Elaine Moussi. Moussi. Okay, Moussi. He's he's uh, French, I think. Um, okay. So it goes. He's the main character, and up to this point, we don't know why he he 
he was dropped off at a at a U.S. base in Burma, I think Burma. Um, and we don't know why. And he's lost his memory. And Tony Shaw shows up to save him. Um, and there's this long, drawn out, like, sing, quote unquote, single take scene where it's, it's them fighting their way out of something. And I still am not clear what they're fighting their way well, out of. They never made it clear exactly what their mission was or anything but, or why no. they were so pissed off that he was there. But it's yeah. a third it's a third person view of this fight scene. Then it jumps into Moosey's <clears throat> eyes. Yeah, it becomes hardcore Henry all of a sudden. And And you're watching Tony Jaw fight people, you know, from the first person. And then every once in a while, Moosey would punch somebody and you'd see a fist come out and hit somebody. Then they get to a scene where apparently there's a large group of enemy combatants that Moosey has to go fight. So it jumps back into third person, but the camera stays in the position that it was when it was in his first person. Yes. So you're seeing it through his disembodied, you're seeing him fight in an astral projection from his disembodied <laughs> eyes. Yeah. He like has a, dis- he like dissociates in the middle yeah. of the fight. It's very odd. But the yeah, thing it's, like, is- it's like, he's filming the fight sequence and then he puts the camcorder down to kick some butt. Then yeah. he runs back to pick it back up and continue where he left but, off. But the, but the, position of the camera is at crotch level you yeah. find that out when he when he runs out and then comes back because he then he comes back into his own eyeballs and then goes and fights some more yeah it is yeah. wild it's, yeah it's bonkers it's tommy, I, I don't it's basically tommy lee's crotch fighting at that one yeah. point yeah. yes it's sentient uh, <laughs> it is Maybe the wildest shot I've ever seen in a movie like this in my entire life. That's why I call it Choices the Movie, because that that's a, a very clear example of just like how this movie just made random choices and went with it. Another example is the way they did the subtitling in this film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And were we watching Ang Lee's The Hulk? Yeah, that, that it was. We're watching? Yes, yeah, exactly. With the with the comic book framing. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I, I, except like Ang Lee's The Hulk actually kind of looks cool. <laughs> this this looked like the director's cut of the warriors or something, which nobody yes, asked for, you know, thing. yes, <laughs> you know, it, it, the comic book stuff, it looks like they used a comic book filter and final cut pro and just slapped <laughs> it on top of some footage. It doesn't look good. It was like some episodes of creep show on, on shutter. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, okay, we don't have the budget to film this. So we'll do it as a comic book. Right. Yeah. And when he finally breaks out, we find out, like, cause he's, he's then, I guess, rescued by, <laughs> by the Mortal Kombat crew, um, yes. <laughs> headed by oh, Frank that's Grillo, that's acting as only Frank Grillo can, right out of the perch <laughs> into jujitsu, <laughs> knife fighting, knife fighting Frank Grillo with, um, what looks like, uh, what looks like they went, uh, to an H&M. And just got everybody really, <laughs> really uh, wardrobed out with asymmetrical long hoodies. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing that type of clothing being sold in San Francisco back in the 90s. Whenever I would go visit the Virgin Record Store, they would have those type of clothes on the third floor. And I was I just like, a, wow, where did they find this wardrobe? I have, a long, I have a long asymmetrical hoodie. I'll own it. But I'm also not Frank Grillo. All right. I'm just putting that out there. That's not who I am. You know, the the wardrobe choices in this movie were pretty hilarious, like the army people with the army uniforms that are not at all correct, where army that apparently if you're intelligence, you have a giant patch on your uniform yeah. that says army intelligence. Yes. Yeah. And it looks like the patchwork was done at a Walmart. Yes. Uh, one of those little kiosks that are at a Walmart where the patchwork happens. I do. I do want to say from, from the beginning of this movie to the end, and since we're still kind of at the beginning, Eddie Steeples, bless you. You did a great job. You oh, his were, hair alone deserves credit for this yeah, film. Amazing. You, you gave some great, I know they couldn't get Kevin Hart. So they got you and <laughs> you really, you really went for it and owned those lines. The translate. I wonder if he actually speaks the language. Like, I wonder if that's why they got him, but he like, he owned a lot of those lines and delivered them really, really well. And he yeah. was actually very funny. 
Like, yeah, good. yeah, he's hilarious in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, he's really this movie. I'm telling you, this movie he is was, not he bad. Was one of the shining moments in this film for me, outside of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, so and his, yeah. his army regulation hair too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a line that I said he has the best line in the entire movie when he's leaving and he's he's talking to the fisherwoman and I need to go back. You guys could talk. I need to go back and find it because I sent it to. Uh, I said it to Roy because it was it was one of the best lines um, that that it really is a standout line in this film. But you guys can continue while I look for it. <laughs> you know what? You know what movie Eddie Steeples was in that ha- is a forgotten terrible movie. Uh, I, I know who killed me with Lindsay Lohan. Oh God! <laughs> I just went to go see that in the theater. Oh my God! Yeah, yes. yeah, that that thing. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Man, you talk about deep hurting. That is definitely deep hurting right there. It's yeah. just like the only reason why I went to go see it because it's like, oh, Lindsay Lohan's doing an adult role in a horror film. And the only horrifying thing about it is the fact that I spent money to go see that thing. Yeah, I remember I wanted to see it for some reason because I don't know who the director was or what. I just remember being somewhat interested and then reading about it and going, ah, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, you know, they when I remember when I was growing up, they had a um, a, a thing with Geely where if you went to go see the movie Geely, uh, the local radio station in the Bay Area, uh, if you presented the movie stub, they would refund your money and give you a T-shirt that said, I survived Geely. <laughs> I think they needed to do the same thing for I know who killed me. Yeah. Yeah. It's that painful of a film. Well, I I can't remember the the line, but I'm just gonna. He says something to the effect, and he's he's leaving he's leaving the fisherwoman, and he's kind of like saying goodbye, like like you know like good day, sir. And he turns around and he says, and in the subtitles, he, he says it in Burmese or whatever. In the subtitles, it's like, I like women with thick thighs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, that is fantastic. Thank you, thank you for that. That is wonderful. Um, she, another, she gave him some great shots. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Another one of my favorite things about this movie is the fact, is the fact that Ricky Yoon just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, all of a sudden, he's just there. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to another part of the movie that was an interesting choice, which was the third, which was the uh, the front-facing Steadicam shots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what are they doing? Did they just get the equipment and be like, we're going to use it all? Yeah, they were Tommy we sewing it because that's what he did with the room. It was just like I'm, I'm going to buy these two cameras and I'm going to use it all. So they're like, okay, we got a steady cam, we got the front facing cam, we got the, you know what, just use it all and we'll use it all in this one scene. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so the, the 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 premise of this movie is this guy Moosey was chosen by now Hunter. I have a question for you. Yes. Caught this premise. <laughs> Jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Is that the fighting style? Is that the group of people? Is that the alien? Because they 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 allude that it's not the fighting style. Like we're here for jujitsu. Like the I don't aliens what give it, them the gift of jujitsu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I guess they they handed uh, they invented Japanese martial arts, uh, close combat martial arts. <laughs> I mean, I okay. guess the Japanese yeah. are aliens. I don't know. I don't know. What yeah, it's basically know. that's what they were telling me too. I was just like, ah, oh, so all aliens are Japanese and vice versa. Okay. Or Brazilian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but the idea is Moosey gets chosen to fight this alien and he punks out, <laughs> takes off running. And uh, they. Oh, my six- God. I was trying to figure out when he's running away from the alien, whether those were supposed to be shooting stars or some variation of the Predator boomerang disc thing. That yeah. I mean, it was at that point where I was starting. And, and then when they're being hunted down by the invisible alien, that's when I was starting to call this alien versus Predator hidden dragon. Yeah, because. yeah, yeah. No, it, it. This was like Mortal Kombat meets Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was waiting for a resolution because I got the feeling, and it was never spoken to, but I got the feeling that um, that our boy Frank Grillo was really mad that he was chosen and ran. You know, like, like, like instead of instead of Frank Grillo to fight this thing, and um, 
and that never was that never was brought to fruition. No, never. I mean, the only uh, thing that we know is is that Nicolas Cage's character was chosen to fight, and he didn't fight. Instead, he begged for his help, his mercy, and. Yeah, we never got a resolution with with Frank's character at all as to as to what we just know that he ran away and punked out. Yeah. So how did Hunter? How did you feel about Nick Cage in this? I know how Roy felt, but how did you feel about <laughs> I, Nick Cage in this film? He's 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 there to collect a check, and he's but you know what? Nick Cage is going to Nick Cage. You know he's yep. going to you're going to get what you pay for with Nick. He and, was in face off mode in this film. Boy. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> Big time doing, doing, turning up the crazy, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> there was a scene when you, when, when, um, when, uh, Moosey's character stumbles upon the layer of cage, um, <laughs> and falls into the cage pit. <laughs> he, um, That's the best way to describe it too. <laughs> he, he has a scene where he fights Nick cage. There were a lot of those scenes where that was actually Nick cage. Yeah, like, yeah, I I believe it. Yeah, like Nick Cage was was doing it. Bless his little heart. He, he comes to play, man. <laughs> you know, bless Nick, his little Nick Cage heart. He was yeah. going for it. I, I want to make sure they know it's me that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I can fight. I'm Nick Cage. Yeah, I know. They don't that call while, me Nick Cage. I love that while he was doing the fight. Also, it's like he had these little snide remarks that he was just throwing out of nowhere. He's like, "Oh man, you just ruined my favorite vase." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and he, he had all the emotion of Owen Wilson describing a banana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just destroyed my base. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. Was, wow. <laughs> yeah. The, the movie was convoluted as all hell. Yeah. Didn't, didn't make oh. a whole lot of sense. Um, I love some... the fact that the alien looked like they took um, a bad uh, ten-year-old computerized drawing of Bosk from The Empire Strikes Back, and gr- put like a blue filter over its face, and then smashed it into a jar. Is the best way I can describe the alien's face in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rough, man. The alien was rough. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I did. It looked like it stepped out of some 90s anim like early computer it was a power animation. ranger villain it really yeah. was yeah it was it, 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 looked, it looked like the predator when it was uh the the guy in the suit when it was van damme yeah <laughs> and the other thing also is is that occasionally the alien would release this red powdery gas and the first time it happened i went did he just fart i mean uh, no. What was that? <laughs> but also, how does nobody pick up that that's how it's healing? It's like you got four to five seconds from when it's damaged to when it heals. Every time it happens, it's he gets the the gas, he gets the stuff from Strange Days, and then he um and then he <laughs> heals. So I don't understand how nobody in the, in the all these hardened battle fighters didn't be like, oh wait, that's probably what it is. We should do something <laughs> about that. <laughs> Well, they don't they don't realize it until later when uh, they get the clever idea with utilizing the, uh, the 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 grenade, the the holy hand grenade of Antioch to uh, destroy <laughs> him. Do you do you think that Tony Jaw has a clause in his? Because I don't think I've ever seen Tony Jaw die in a movie. Oh, uh, that might you know he's an unusual guy. He was kind of he was one of these dudes that was uh, kind of marketed as the next Bruce Lee. Like mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a, a lazy way that they market these stars, but but you know he had Ong Bak and the Protector and you know mm-hmm. movie those movies felt like they were written by three year olds, but the the action was good. Um, but I remember when he made Ong Bak too, he was directing it and he like just just disappeared from set just to go <laughs> meditate in the jungle, like. Just so I, I get the feeling he's probably an odd, difficult person to work with. It kind of killed the momentum on his career a little bit. You know? Yeah, I mean, he was everything for a while. Yeah, for a minute oh, there, yeah. he, was, he was a huge star. But uh, but I think he went a little nuts, um, and I think that kind of heart hurt his career. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen him die in a film. I, I've he, never seen with the. I mean, I've not seen too many of his films. With every movie I've ever seen, yeah, I've never seen him die at all. Because everyone but him and our main character dies in this movie. 
Mm-hmm. And he he's like Steven Seagal. <laughs> like, <laughs> remember, like he he they they had to like threaten legal action with him on executive decision. So he's like, what? What do you mean I'm gonna die? My fans won't like that. <laughs> Well, I remember that was the big selling point of executive. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like it was like Paris Hilton in House of Wax. It was just like, see, Steven Seagal, die. You know, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's the most anticlimactic death ever because he's yeah. like outhouse, in house, townhouse. And then, boom, he's out of the plane. Yeah, and then exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least with Paris Hilton's death in House of Wax, it was a satisfying death. You know, with with him, though, it's just like, boom, 45 oh. minutes into the movie. Boom. It yeah. wasn't even that far into the movie. It was real soon into that movie because he was taking that team of uh, of spec spec ops soldiers up in that plane, and then he was dead, buddy. It was. Yep. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about this movie is? I'll trash it. I'll dog on it. It has a couple really good. Tony Jaw is always fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Nick Cage is infinitely watchable. Just about anything, especially in this. I love stoner nick cage kung fu fighter like that is a yeah. combination oh, is fantastic mm-hmm. yeah eddie steeples delivers crazy good lines the movie's a mess but i, I guarantee you within a month i'll watch it again here, here's the thing about this film is it's not good it's poorly written but it moves it's never boring mm-hmm. it's it there's always something happening there's always something bonkers going on and so it holds your attention i remember it was much easier to sit through than, say, in the name of the king. <laughs> I was able to handily sit through this one in one sitting. No problem. Well, the thing about a movie like this, and I'm trying to think of other movies to compare it to. Um, I know we've done a few on this show. Is the movie so bonkers and so many, like Roy said, choices are made that when they make a choice like that, you're trying to catch up to that choice by the time they make the next choice. So you're always engaged. It's almost a, it's it's almost a strategy of movie making to be like, what just, did I just, what did I just see? And then by the time you're like, okay, I guess there's something else crazy happening. Like Ricky Yoon just shows up in the jungle. I've been hunting this thing for 45 years. You're 26. <laughs> um, <laughs> change the script, pal. Um, it just keeps it just keeps doing that over and over again till the very end till the very very end with can we talk hold on i want to talk to both of you i want both of your takes on the portal oh god (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, the first thing the first time i saw the portal i literally screamed what in the roger corman fantastic four (laughs) yeah what in the bonnie tyler music video is happening right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, the portal i was like why not you know it's like yeah, everything it's else ridiculous is happening in this movie. why not did you did you have any feelings did you about the portal Hunter? <laughs> none that were different from roy's <laughs> okay. okay fair enough fair enough it is, it, they match you know fair enough yeah and like the, i i I also have to point out that I was having a hard time taking a character whose name is Brax uh, seriously because his name was Brax. And yes. the way they were saying Brax, I was hearing Brack. So the whole entire time I'm thinking Space Ghost Coast to Coast with, oh, yeah. my name is Brax. I like beans. How about you? <laughs> well, I'm going to go on record and say everyone should watch this movie. I'm just saying it. I have, it, a, question. I, I have a question, though. Um. Do you think Eddie Steeple's character died from drinking the poison? No. <laughs> I don't I don't think Eddie Steeple's can be killed by poison. No. No, he cannot. <laughs> this is like that bombshell dropped out of nowhere and he keeps drinking it, and I'm just like, okay. Listen, Eddie, Eddie Steeple's is this movie's Orco. <laughs> You're never, you're never gonna get him. You're never gonna get rid of him. He's gonna be there forever. Um, I did really enjoy the scene with the uh, the the fisherman's wife taking a a twelve gauge Mossberg to the alien. That was good. Oh, that was hilarious. That was good. Um, so what do we think? Do we want do we want people to watch this thing? Oh hell yes. <laughs> yeah. It's on Netflix. It's if you if if you like action at all check it out i mean it's especially if you like junk action movies like you know if you like your canon films it's a shame Uh, this movie had to come out in 2020 because this thing screams midnight movie it really does yeah for sure 
the fight scenes are really, really well done. And again, just like in Name of the King, you know, I felt I really felt the Hong Kong action elements of this movie. And maybe it's because yeah. I watched it like the day after in the Name of the King. Yeah. But, but I really felt the, you know, the the that that kind of fight scenes and the characters are, are pretty cool. You know, the different weapon styles that they use. Are, it's fun to yeah. watch. It's fun to watch Tony Jaw with some spray painted PVC pipe go at somebody. Yeah. The only yeah. way I can describe it to you people out there, and if you understand what I'm talking about, then maybe this will get your attention, is imagine if Andy Sedaris directed a Hong Kong science fiction alien action martial arts movie with Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it comes recommended by me, but that's no surprise. I recommended it for us um, just because of the wild choices, the storyline that's literally all over the place. It's got like a mystical elements to it. It's got yeah. sci-fi elements, military, uh, <clears throat> predator, uh, hardcore Henry. combat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every uh, shot is a choice. I always wanted to, I, I remember thinking, you know, this movie's trying to do way too much and it would probably be better if they just focused on the action, but then I don't think we'd be talking about it now, would we? No, so. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't be talking about hard ticket to jujitsu. <laughs> the weird, the one thing that always, so you had your thing that took you out of it, which was the blood, the blood. Uh, yeah. The, I would always go, why did they do that? Whenever I saw thing, it. The thing that pulled me out was anytime you got a first person Brax view, mm -hmm. you had a little in the bottom right hand corner, you had a little map of the world. <laughs> that like was a video just, game. Yeah, it was like circling, like like you were trying to find the guy, even though you're fighting the guy. And this is supposed to be like the superior technology alien. <laughs> it's this little, you know, Rand McNally map of the world in the bottom corner that always pulled me out. Like we're missing something in these shots. Um, what what looks empty? Well, the bottom we got nothing going on in the bottom right corner. Throw a map up there. <laughs> Never have it do a thing. For me, it was the comic book shots. That's what always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. And then they had full animated shots. Yeah. Like they would they would do cut sequences of full animation. It was so wild. They would jump from one place to the other so quickly. Like the end of the Nick Cage fight sequence, um the next scene is them like in the temple. Like there was there was absolutely no, you oh, know, there's some jarring editing in this movie. Yeah. Period. It's great. It's great. I wonder if there's a director's cut somewhere. Oh, I would God. love to see it. <laughs> I think we got the director's cut. <laughs> All right. So let's let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm going to say watch it. Yeah, I agree. Watch it. it. If you have Netflix, watch it. If you don't have Netflix, seek it out. Watch it. It's right. got so bonkers. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it. It's completely insane. Just give it give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we strive for on this show is finding completely <laughs> insane movies to watch. And, and this would fit that bill. Dramatically. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so you got something for me, don't you, Roy? Oh, yes, I do. So as I mentioned on the last episode, I didn't reveal what we're doing yet for the month of August, other than revisiting the um, the movies that we've done and uh, ranking our favorites and uh, the ones we never want to see again, minus Dot and the Kangaroo. Um, but I've decided that for our third year anniversary, uh, Hunter, we're not doing movies. We're doing television shows. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Which ones? So, uh, we God, will this be is the worst part of the show for me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we will be watching the first four episodes of Cop Rock. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. So for one episode, we'll be watching the first four episodes of the epic television show Cop Rock. Um, for those who don't know it, look it up. Um, it's infamous for a sequence where a woman is singing a lullaby to the baby she's about to sell on the black market for yep. crack. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, then if that was not enough, for our secondary episode, I know how much you love the cheesy variety show format. You know I do. 
It better you we, bet the next words out of your mouth better be Paul Lynn or I'm gonna punch you in the face. No, Paul Lynn's not involved. No. However, Jim Varney is. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes. Um, yes. We we are going to watch a, a couple of episodes of the variety show that has been called the variety show that basically killed the format. Okay. Um someone on YouTube decided it would be a great idea to take all the episodes of the short-lived series, but we're not going to watch all the episodes, just a couple of them, and restore them in 4K. So we will be watching a few episodes of the short-lived variety show bomb, Pink Lady and Jeff. <laughs> I've never even heard of this. Pink Lady This uh, is what happens, Hunter. This is what happens to me. It's, it's, you've never heard of it. And all of a sudden, I'm on YouTube searching for Pink Lady and Jeff, pulling this thing up, watching it. Probably you sometimes at eight in the morning, Hunter. Eight in the morning, I'm watching this madness, getting ready for my day, watching Pink Lady and Jeff. This is my life. God. And I'll probably love it because Pink I'm a weirdo. Lady. Pink Lady was a disco act from Japan. That was one of the biggest selling acts in the 70s in Japan. And so they decided to uh, take advantage of this by introducing them to an American audience with a variety show produced by Sid and Marty Croft. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Now I'm listening. Now the Jeff part is um, 70s television stand-up comedy staple Jeff Altman. Uh, Jeff Altman has made appearances on like the Dukes of Hazard, uh, the Tonight Show. He played the Weatherman in Legend of the Superheroes from uh, Filmation. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff that never made him go anywhere far. Basically, uh, he was he was a stand-up comedian that had it not been for the '70s, he probably wouldn't be anybody. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm down. Uh, other I'm people who have other people who have appeared on Pink Lady and Jeff, other than Jim Varney, who was a cast regular on the show, um, include the likes of Sid Caesar. Oh wow. Uh, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> um, Bj and the Bear. What? <laughs> Just to name a few of the elements that happened on this show. This thing is special special to the point where pink lady when they did this show uh they couldn't really speak english so they had to learn their dialogue and the lyrics to the songs that they were singing that were not their original songs phonetically okay this is gonna be great <laughs> this is gonna, um, I'm, I'm here for it man they got some guests cheap trick uh yep. teddy oh Pindergrass. you're pulling it up you're the looking long, at yeah. it yeah the pilot episode had Blondie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. They, they got yeah. some guests on this thing. And I will I will let you know right now, it's it's offensive, but not on purpose. Because <laughs> I, with lack of a better politically correct terminology to use, the dialogue that Pink Lady says in the show is very ping pong, pang, pang. Okay. Yeah. It's very and pigeon. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and every episode ends with them stripping down in the bikini and getting into a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thumbnail on this YouTube thing I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I click on it, I guess. Oh, yeah, no. they, 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 they will always strip down to a bikini and try to get Jeff into the hot tub and wacky hilarity ensues. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm here for it. I want to take a second. Um, just to thank from the bottom of my heart in all seriousness, we've had a lot of fun, but Hunter, thank you for coming thank on and doing these so movies. Of course. Um, wouldn't be the same without you. You bring so much to the table every time we talk and, um, you're a, you're a blessing. Um, and if you haven't followed Hunter on Twitter, please follow him for such tweets as thoughts on Enola Holmes, Sherlock's dumber sister, um, <laughs> you know, real Real firecrackers out there for you um, on Hunter's Twitter. He's a good follow. Um, Hunter, what is the name of your podcast um, where you take movies a lot more seriously than we do on ours? Uh, Midnight Movie Cowboys. Go look it up wherever podcasts are streamed. It's great. It's great. It, it really is. Um, it, you're a gift, Hunter. Give on, keep on giving. 
And I can also say that you definitely need to follow up the Archbishop Archbishop of the Snyderverse on Twitter as well. I always uh, change it change it to like Archbishop of something, you know. Of so the, Snyderverse of the, of the Bullverse. Now yeah. it needs to be released. <laughs> hashtag release the bowl cut. Four and a half hours long. The the yeah, that, that's his new screen name. Is hashtag release the bowl cut. <laughs> I bet you we could get it done. He's just happy to hear his name. Yeah. <laughs> the Bullverse. All right. Roy, why don't you wrap us up so we can get out of here? <laughs> you got it. We can let Hunter go now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again so much uh, for tuning in, listeners. And again, thank you so much, Hunter. I, I, I think we picked two good films to bring you along with here. So... <laughs> Um, you are always welcomed on our show. I mean, if anything comes up that um, that definitely screams, oh, God, we got to get Hunter into this, I will let you know there, too. So yeah, I kind of wish sure. we now had him for Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park or uh, oh. Rats, Nights of Terror, now we that I think back on it. We don't have oh. a time machine to bring to bring Hunter back for Kiss the Phantom of the Park, but if we did... Oh, we might we might have to do an all star episode at one point with Kiss and Phantom of the Park uh, and get Hunter back on for that. Because it's funny you bring that up. I purchased that movie on VHS at Half Price Books the other day. Of course you did. It's worth <laughs> so much of every cent that's ever that you will ever pay for it. It is. I know. It quickly, it instantly, almost instantly became one of my favorite films of oh, all time. I, I've seen it before. I, I have it on the Kiss uh, Kissology Volume Two DVD, okay. mm-hmm. which uh, you know is the, the probably the the most available it's been. <laughs> but right. It, I think it's a different cut though. It's called Attack of the Phantoms. Yeah, and, I think it was, uh, it was the theatrical cut when it was released overseas. Yeah. Because yeah. Phantom of the Park is a different cut of the movie, but but you know both are certified Kino cinema. You know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, gang. We will see you next month as we examine Cop Rock and Pink Lady and Jeff. And um, trust me, Hunter, when I say it's going to be worth it for what we're doing in September. It's my birthday month. I got to sing like Cop Rock. Get (laughs) excited for September. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. All right. Talk to you all next time. And thank you again. Bye. Tears and rain, precious memories.